Welcome to the Metal Chick Podcast. I am your heavy metal huntress, Carrie Z, and I will be your hostess on this heavy metal ride into my world. Thanks for tuning in. For this episode's review, I'll be sharing my thoughts on Machine Head's Bloodstone and Diamonds. The show notes for this episode can be found at MetalChickPodcast.com. You won't pull me down to any of my shows, you follow me on Twitter or Facebook, then you know my all-time favorite band is Machine Head. Like, for real all-time. Like, forever and ever. Amen. All-time. I'm pretty sure I received Burn My Eyes as a Christmas present in 1994. I was fresh out of boot camp. I still had my fuck you world attitude. And at barely 18, I was still filled with all sorts of misguided teenage angst. I can still remember my roommate's reaction in the barracks of my first duty station when I played nothing but Machine Head, Pantera, and Marilyn Manson. It was pretty amusing. To this day, a very good friend of mine will bring up that when I finally moved out of the barracks, literally every time he'd stop by the apartment, Davidian would be playing. Like, literally. Every time. He says, every time he sees me, let free and ring with a shotgun blast, and Rob Flynn's growling voice echoes through his head. I suppose there are worse things to be remembered by. The first album I ever bought was... Morbid Angels, Blessed Are the Sick. My mom used to steal it and try to hide it, which is hilarious. But since I started listening to the heavier stuff, I bought albums here and there, but a lot of times I bought singles that were released. I was one of those gals that just, they, I preferred the hits to the whole albums. But there are bands that no matter what, I always purchase their full album and always the day, if not the week it was released. Machine Head is always at the top of that list. I thoroughly enjoy their music, but I genuinely like the band itself. Besides making amazing music, they seem to genuinely appreciate the fans. They are one of the few bands that really allow the fans an honest-to-God look behind the scenes. From Diary of a Frontman to their YouTube channel, they always give us a reason to connect with them and like them as people, not just as entertainers, which really appeals to me. There are lots of bands out there who create music I genuinely enjoy listening to, but I genuinely don't care about the band itself. It was incredibly satisfying to watch the making of videos they created for this album, as it was very enjoyable to read the blogs from Rob Flynn, as he went off about albums leaking, how Facebook pretty much sucks, and the super cool menu at 2112 in Gothenburg. Burn My Eyes was my favorite, with the more things change being just as good, and while I like The Burning Red, I will admit two of my more favorite songs by the band is on that album, and screw all of you who just rolled your eyes and Supercharger, they didn't quite grab me like the Blackening did when it came out. Through the Ashes of Empires drew me back in, producing Days Turn Blue to Gray, which has been one of my all-time favorite songs since the album released in 2004. It seemed like the Red Album and Supercharger were sort of 
like forced on us by a band just kowtowing to the labels and the machine that is the rock industry. Through the Ashes of Empires brought me back to why I liked the band in the first place. And the blackening slammed me into the wall that is Machine Head's insane riffs and drum work and of course all that is the general. I probably listened to A Farewell to Arms like five times a week at least. Like, for real. I eagerly waited for Unto the Locust to be released and pretty much wore that album out within the first month of owning it. So now like three years later, Bloodstone and Diamonds is hands down my favorite Machine Head album. Through the Ashes of Empires started the journey back to the standard that Machine Head was, and each album has just gotten progressively better. With their departure from Roadrunner Records and their new record label, it seems just to me that the partnership with Nuclear Blast is allowing them to really spread their wings and create an album exactly how they wanted to. They seem to be getting a lot of support from Nuclear Blast, which is awesome. And as a fan of several of the bands on their label, I'm glad Machine Head made the move. I really am. Bloodstone and Diamonds reminds me a lot of Burn My Eyes, with the powerful melodies and the thoroughly honest lyrics. So Now We Die starts off with the haunting sounds of barely discernible screaming and the cheerful violins playing happily before hitting a wall of guitars and drums and the general's growling voice. The chorus comes in a glorious harmony between classical music and thrash metal. It is awesome. The lyrics kind of, they harken back to Skid Row's kind of youth gone wild with snippets like, we're left for dead, we raise our head, for we are strong and they are wrong. So scream with me, I do believe. The album's title is front and center at minute two and a half, and Flynn and Demel's guitars blend harmoniously, creating an incredibly robust sound for the seven-plus-minute song. Killers and Kings threw down the gloves at Rock USA when they were here this past July. Released in April, it was a great teaser for what was to come. Ghost Will Haunt My Bones starts aggressively and slides into this, like, this groovy kind of chest-thumping chorus that makes you want to bang your head. Reading through the comments on YouTube and Facebook, this is definitely a fan favorite. There is a constant, like, four-chord melody that it just catches my attention. It's the typical, like, pinch harmony that I expect to hear in every Machine Head song. When I first heard the song, I was like, oh, damn. Fave song. Hands down. <laughs> I had no idea what was to come. <laughs> so... Night of the Long Knives is actually a common reference to a massacre by someone trusted. The song, not to be confused with the ACDC song or the South African myth, it's about the Charles Manson killings. It's probably one of the creepiest tracks on the album, perhaps because I, I know the Nazi Germany story behind Night of the Long Knives, which ended up with 85 dead, and I've read more than a few books on the Manson killings. The twin leads perfectly complement like the overall tone of the song and the blunt references to death and the angry hateful dark voices screaming the lyrics into my ears garners the song the scariest track on the album award sail into the black starts out with several minutes of rob flynn's dark and captivating voice singing this sort of like this like doomsday hymn that you'd expect to find in some dark like satanic church or some dark horror movie soundtrack Four and a half minutes into it, his voice transitions from that seductive chanting into his unmistakable vocals full of power and authority. The transitions between the two very different aspects of his voice creates a serious jam. Dave McLean's aggressive drums and the guitars wailing just come together so perfectly that this song was a top contender for my favorite song on the album. <laughs> Little did I know what was to come. Eyes of the Dead comes in with bone-crunching riffs and the typical style that we've come to know and love of Machine Head. Technical guitar work and perfectly timed drum work makes this a prime example of pure and timeless Machine Head. Beneath the Silt took me back to the days of Pantera or Alice in Chains, maybe Corrosion of Conformity. That exciting sound that like super heavy bass riffs 
by the new bassist Jared McEckern. The bass riffs like beneath his vocals, enhanced by technology, merging technical aspects of early rock guitar solos, industrial metal, and thrash metal, just all neatly wrapped up in one seriously good song. In Comes the Flood could have been written and performed by another angst-ridden fuck-you-political writing musician out there. Its lyrics are very Mustaine-ish. The female chorus singing sets the mood, and the angry beat set forth by the politically social lyrics and just thoroughly pissed off vocals, and then the symphony-esque like breaks and blistering drums and wailing guitar solos. Just, it just rails against everything that is wrong with this country. Damage Inside is a beautifully sad song. It embodies a raw honesty that I find appealing in a, a very broad way. It's one of those songs that either you as a listener can relate to, or a song you can sort of envision someone you know singing. It's, it's a simple, short, effective song. So let's talk about Game Over. So Game Over is by far my favorite track on the album. I mean, hands down, it has become my favorite song overall. It's the song that gets me pumped and singing along at the top of my voice when I'm listening in the truck. Like, it's the song that people tend to sit and stare as they thrash around in my truck at a stoplight. I, just, I can't help myself. The lyrics are poignant and honest and relatable, and everybody has that one person in their life that royally screwed them over and makes the blood boil over every time you think of them. This is the perfect fuck you song. The one you sing as you jab your finger in their imaginary face. It's a super fun song. It's awesome, awesome lyrics and a kick-ass beat. And it's just awesome. Imaginal Cells, of course, parallels realize, realize, real uh, lies. <laughs> Try saying that 10 times fast. It's a bunch of audio clips by Bruce Lipton's books called The Biology of Belief and the Spontaneous Evolution. Take Me Through the Fire is the perfect send-off for this album. It is the perfect ending to the Bloodstone and Diamonds experience. With lyrics such as, no tender mercies here, endure and persevere. Erase the obstacles that try to find me, fight through their ignorance. Suffer my persistence. Eclipse the light that will try to blind me. It pretty much sums up the band. They have slogged through the mud and have persevered in this fickle industry. All in all, Bloodstone and Diamonds delivers 70 minutes of the most interesting music Machine Head has ever created. It's dark, it's aggressive, it's angry, it's sad, it's melodic and beautiful and haunting, and a thoroughly enjoyable album. It harkens back to the band's debut, Burn My Eyes, with its groovy thrash metal that I love so much, and it hooked me right from the beginning. I think this album is unlike anything in the current metal scene. It is... It's a refreshing change to the bands that find their niche and just keep kind of recycling their song over and over. When you look back at the diversity in the songs, it just proves that Machine Head has been around for 20 plus years for a reason. They're talented enough to be versatile without ever having to sell out. And in my opinion, it just keeps getting better. This might just go down as my favorite Machine Head album ever. I don't know if they're ever going to be able to top it. Just saying. Since they canceled their European tour, um... Machine Head announced that they were going to do an Evening With style tour. Smaller venues, longer sets, meets and greets. I personally don't do meet and greets. I never really have. I've always been one to be, admittedly, rather unimpressed with all the pomp and the fanfare that goes into these meet and greets. I'm a huge fan of Sons of Anarchy. And they do these huge meet and greet tours and people pay hundreds of dollars just to meet Juice or Chibs or whoever. And get their photo with them, and I'm just like, whatever. If you're into that sort of shit, then hey, more power to you. I personally really love the character, not necessarily the actor, you know? 
I kind of feel the same way with bands. Like I know people who stand outside in the fucking negative five degree weather waiting for the band to come out the back door after a show so that they can snag a photo with them. And, and I totally think that's okay. I'm not knocking it. It's just not my thing. It probably stems from when I was 19, I had a rather fucked up experience meeting the guys from at the time, one of my more favorite bands. And from that day forward, I swore I'd never put myself in that position again. <laughs> it really sucked because I was so amped up to meet them. And we stood in line for a meet and greet that we paid a lot of money for. And they were just, they were just fucking dicks to us. Like serious, total douchebags. Although I did meet Bruce Campbell once at the premiere of The Man with the Screaming Brain. He's pretty awesome. Took a few minutes to ask a question, autograph one of his books. So I guess I have had one bad meet and greet experience and one really good one. I guess one thing it really boils down to is that I don't feel enough of a personal connection with most bands or actors or whatever, like to go through all of that. I'm there because I want to hear the music I love live, not full on over some dude that genuinely could give a shit less about who I am. Plus, I will admit some of my favorite bands have pretty intimidating dudes in their lineup. And I think like the worst thing to happen to someone like me who is such a passionate fan is to go through the effort of doing a meet and greet and then just have another bad experience. Because if I've invested 20 years into your freaking music, I finally meet you and you're a total dick to me, that would just fucking suck. Again. <laughs> and like, I know some bands are total dicks and I just can't support a band who doesn't care about the fans. You know, the people that put you on the freaking stage. So when I saw the meet and greet being offered at the Madison, Wisconsin show on February 12th, I hemmed and hawed for quite some time. They're my favorite band and this kind of opportunity probably won't present itself again. That being said, I didn't really want to potentially have another horrible experience. In the end, my husband, rock dude, actually made up my mind for me. He was like, dude, happy Valentine's Day. You get to meet your all-time favorite band, which is hilarious since he's not even that big of a Machine Head fan. Although I am slowly but surely making a die-hard convert out of him. It was it was a very nice way of saying, quit letting one fucked up experience 20 years ago prevent you from meeting your favorite band already. Jeez. So if you're interested in attending one of the 35 intimate shows with your favorite metal band and mine, a link to the schedule in the show notes of this episode. I'd love to hear your feedback on the album, whether you liked it, whether you hated it. You can leave it in the comments of this episode. You can tweet at me, Facebook me, whatever you want. I'd love to hear your thoughts. And that'll do it. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. It's free and easy. Just search for Metal Chick Podcast and it comes right up. If you have a smartphone and are unsure of how to subscribe, head on over to MetalChickPodcast.com. There are easy instructions on the site to help you out. If you're into social media, you can find me on all of the platforms. Just go to MetalChickPodcast.com and click on the social media icon of your choice. Again, thank you so very much for taking the time to listen and keep on rocking. Now cross the bridge of